Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. It is Brendan Escott now steering the ship home on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. Oilers practicing earlier today in Montreal. Matt Benning was on the ice, though, as Bob alluded to at the beginning part of this show, not expected to play for the next couple of games still. I thought that maybe if they were going to fly him uh, halfway across the country there, he might be a little closer to a return than expected, but it sounds like they're just trying to get him into a couple more high-intensity practices to see when he'll be ready to go from uh, back-to-back concussions there. I've got to remind you that some guests of Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. I'll tell you this, I went there last night had a nice meal with a couple of friends as a send-off for uh, one of my best friends and roommates. He's off to Winnipeg for the next chapter in his career. Unbelievable food. Shout out to Chef Sheldon. It was dinner and a show. Appreciate uh, the hospitality there. Without further ado, let's bring aboard our NHL insider. It is John Shannon. John, appreciate you taking the time as always. How's it going today? Good, Brendan. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So this has been a pretty successful road trip to this part, and that might be putting it lightly, points in four games. A big win on the national stage, so to speak, in Toronto there. Uh, what, what was your assessment of that performance? Well, uh, I, I thought for two games in a row now, this team has played complete hockey. I mean, when you look at how well the team played in Boston, um, they they did they they sent it to another level, uh, and they reinforced it with the game in Toronto. So from that perspective, that's back-to-back games that they have to be thrilled with. And to do it on that stage in that city to finally have McDavid score his first goal there, and what a beautiful goal it was! And just watching the way that the hockey world reacted, that meant something a little more than just two points, in my opinion. I think you're right. You know, leaving the building, uh, Maple Leaf fans have grown accustomed to winning in the last couple of years at home. Uh, There was a lot of people, a lot of people wearing Maple Leaf sweaters saying, you know what, I don't mind losing if I could see Connor play like that. Uh, And uh, that was the consensus by, I think, from from the whole market was, sure, uh, the Maple Leafs lost, but man, oh man, what Connor did. Uh, not just on that play, but throughout the game and after the goal, how he created the penalty situation on Travis Dermott. I mean, it was uh, it was a, a, a truly a memorable night, and it uh, it it does hearken you back to those early years uh, when Wayne and his team would come to Toronto and be the talk of the town. And in many ways, 
On Tuesday morning, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers were the talk of the town. Now, there's never been a shortage of that comparison thrown around since he entered the league or even long before that. But anytime you get compared to the great one, it's a good thing. Uh, I don't believe that's his best goal that he's scored. I like the one against Dallas a little bit more. And the one against Columbus really turned me on to how good he actually was. Was that in your top three, top five at least? Yeah, you know what? I, I must admit, I, uh, I I think there are some days when you look at the great players of the game and you get a little tainted if you've seen enough of them. Uh, to me, um, you know, the one that he scored against Columbus uh, rates up there, I, I think, as, as good as any of them. Uh, I did like this one simply because it showed different aspects of his game, uh, his deception, his look away. Again, uh, we, we take it for granted, his edge work, um, his ability to cut as well and as easy as it appears to him. And, and then, quite frankly, something that he's been working a great deal on the last year or so, and that's his shot. Uh, you, you know, there's been a ton of comparisons over the years to the other great players of the, the drafts around him, Jack Eichel. Everybody said, yeah, Connor's a better player, but Jack has a better shot. Uh, they said the same thing about Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, McDavid's better, but Matthews has got a better shot. And it drives Connor nuts, and he's worked hard every summer to improve his shot. And you saw that, I think, with that little chip that he put uh, uh, behind Michael Hutchinson, is that he, his stick work has improved almost every year and certainly has made another leap this year. Now, David Staples was talking uh, in the last half hour, John, about his improved defensive zone play. Do you see the same things out of Connor, especially in the last few games at the other end of the ice? Yeah, I heard Dave talk about it. The one thing I would say is that I, I think that, that that has come with his maturity. I think that's come uh, with his, his greater understanding of what his role is on this team. Uh, you know, he's under such a microscope to perform uh, offensively. Uh, but there are also times where he's he's you know has to has to be put in a position late in games particularly late in periods particularly where he has to be really much better in his in his own zone. Uh, the one place I think that he's much better, and maybe the numbers haven't indicated it recently, but he's much better in the faceoff circle. Every year he's played in this league, his faceoff numbers have improved. Uh, I haven't checked them in the last couple of weeks, but at a certain point uh, early in the season, he was much better again this year than he was last. And so when you can actually improve puck possession, then you're doing a better job defensively as well. And we know based on what they can do in overtime, how much puck possession means to this group. Uh, Mike Smith has had a couple of great performances. I know the team's playing a lot better and more defensive-minded in front of him, but obviously a good sign in him bouncing back, something that they need and an element of stability once more that was really propelling the success at the beginning part of this season as well. Well, you know, after the Curtis Lazar goal in Buffalo, Brendan, uh, I think Mike Smith has played as well on this trip as any that he's played for the Oilers this season. The game in Boston might have been his best his best game, and despite the fact that the, the Maple Leafs scored four goals, he made some unbelievable timely saves uh, against Toronto early in the third period, late in the second, that one on John Tavares uh, was remarkable. So, you know, it's stopping the puck at the right time is really more the key with Mike Smith, and that's what he's done certainly, I think, on this trip after that Lazar goal. Uh, it, it, it creates a nice dilemma for Dave Tippett. Uh, I suspect that they'll go with Miko Koskinen tomorrow night in Montreal, and then 
if Koskinen has as good a game as we think he might tomorrow, then Tippett has a real good choice. Do you go back with Mike Smith in Calgary, where Smith was so good for uh, the time he was with the Flames, particularly in that five-game series against Colorado, or do you go with Koskinen, who hopefully is going coming off of a victory in Montreal? Well, let me let me throw this at you. Bob was talking to me earlier, saying that Smith was in the starters' net at practice. So whether that means that he actually gets the start against Montreal or not, I'm not sure. But I'll wrap that around. This is is the relationship between Smith and Dave Tippett. You know, how valuable is that to this team and to have the coach who can look at the guy who he's had playing under him for so many years and say, I know when he's locked in and ready to go, I'm going to throw him out here yet again against a team like Montreal. Well, I, I think it goes with, with riding the hot hand, too. And I, I, would not, I would not disagree with going with Mike Smith again, although at a, at a certain point you have to think that, you know, you got to have to give Koskinen a game, right. keep him fresh. Uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have both guys in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, it, 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 that's an interesting one. I, I would, I would be surprised if they went with Mike tomorrow. Um, and, and last I checked, starters' nets on on off days aren't that important. It's the start, <laughs> it's, it's the starters' net tomorrow morning that that might be the uh, might be the important thing. So, my gut is, my gut is that Koskinen will go tomorrow, and then toss a coin based on on what his performance is tomorrow night in Montreal uh, with what they do uh, Saturday night in Calgary. Yeah, and I shared that same gut feeling this morning, John, as we chat with our NHL insider, John Shannon. Now, Montreal's in a bit of a tailspin here. Uh, Eric Engels is already writing them out of the playoffs this morning. I saw that article. Seven losses in a row. They're pretty dinged up. Um, what are we going to see from the visitors, or the, I guess the home team, tomorrow night? Well, I, I I think that you're what you're going to see is if the Oilers get off to as good a start as they did in Boston and in Toronto, you're going to see a, a very impatient fan base uh, starting to wonder what the heck's going on, and then you're, then the pressure's on Mark Bergevin to figure out what what uh, changes um, he needs to make in order to try to make that last gasp effort for the playoffs. Remember, Brendan, we've talked about this before. You can't necessarily make the playoffs at this time of year, but you can play yourself out of the playoffs this time of year. And going seven without a victory is a good way to keep yourself out of the playoffs. It's a tough spot to put Claude Julian in, but you shouldn't be losing to a Detroit Red Wing team, uh, particularly one that's in transition itself. Uh, and that becomes a, a major issue in Montreal, where if you think there's pressure in Edmonton, Pressure in Montreal is probably more so just because of the size of the market. What did you think of the signing of Ilya Kovalchuk? I, definitely a low-risk move, um, but it seemed like a bit of a desperation dart throw by Mark Bergevin, in my opinion. Uh, I guess the second part of that is they picked up Scandella as well. So you can see Bergevin trying to uh, put a couple more tools out there on the ice, but is he at all on the hot seat, in your opinion? Because they've struggled there for a number of years now. Well, remember they're injury riddled right now. That's one of the reasons why they've they, they're winless in seven. They've they've got enough injuries that uh, that uh, you know would would dwarf almost every other team in the league. I guess Pittsburgh's probably got as as many, and maybe Columbus has as many. Uh, those two teams seem to still be able to win, though. Um, but the the only reason they signed Kovalchuk, in many ways, in my opinion, uh, was simply because. Uh, they uh, of all the injuries and the low risk is it's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They have a ton of cap space, so it's not a problem that way. And if Kovalchuk's engaged, 
and 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 he can still shoot the puck. Trust me. Uh, then he could uh, he could certainly help the team. Uh, the Scandella move to me was a, a much better move. They needed some depth on the blue line. They need some help there. Um, there there are times you wonder uh, that uh, where where the strength on the blue line is coming from. But you know, with all the injuries again they've had there. The guys like Ben Sherrod have have had to overperform. Scandella will help. Jeff Petrie's overperformed at times, particularly heck with that game in Edmonton. He was brilliant, and then that means more pressure on Shea Weber. So having more, there's no nothing wrong with having more defensemen, and particularly one that's born and raised in Montreal like Scandella was. There's a team that had, they've really struggled to develop internally in terms of Galchenyuk. Uh, I think of Charles Houdon and the performance he had at the Canadian World Junior Camp. He looked like he was going to be something, didn't work out there. And just really go down the list. Not a lot of homegrown talent, not in the high rounds or, or really at all. Do you think that some of that comes from the pressures of playing in that, that strong Canadian market? Because you could really stretch that theme to Toronto and Edmonton as well, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, yeah, but it, it it all goes to drafting. I mean, it, it, when we we've seen the swoons in the last twenty years in Calgary, well, their drafting for the longest time was horrendous. Uh, you know, the Oilers had their issues drafting for a long period of time, uh, and I think that uh, you can put Montreal in that. I don't think it's a it's necessary pressures of playing in the market. Uh, but when you talk about pressure that Mark Bergevin's under, I would tell you that Trevor Timmons and the scouting staff in Montreal are probably under as great a pressure as anything because you have to go find talent. I mean, Kakiemeni is, is as good a player as, you, as, as they got out of the draft, but he's been injury prone too. Uh, and uh, Victor Mete, they stole in the third round. He's a, he's a blessing for them, but there aren't too many other guys since they drafted Carey Price. Think about it. Since they drafted Carey Price, Long look at their draft ago. record. You've, you, 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 it's not very good. And when you mention guys like Galchenyuk, who were a disappointment. Now, would I rather have Max Domi or, or, uh, or Galchenyuk? I'd take Max Domi any day of the week. But even Max Domi is under pressure now for underperforming in Montreal. Exactly. And, and it's, uh, to me, it takes kind of that loud personality in order to really thrive there. That's just, you know, the way that I've seen it. But it's not as if Saku Koivu back in the day was a loud personality either. So I suppose we'll see how it all unfolds. Are you you're back on the face-off show tomorrow, John? I'm actually uh, on my way to Montreal as we speak, Brendan. So I will talk to everybody from Montreal and the Bell Centre tomorrow. Sounds great, John. Thank you and safe travels. Have a great And there goes John Shannon, our NHL insider. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We'll step aside one last time here on Oilers Now. We'll get back with a couple of your text messages and this day in Oilers history when we return. 
subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Heating it up, these new intro songs. I absolutely love it. Here on Oilers Now, where we remind you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Escott recommendation, the meat lovers. Picked that one up from Reed Wilkins. It was a great recommendation, in fact. A couple of texts here at 780-496-0063. DC wonders, I know the NHL All-Star game not that far away, but as Ovechkin sitting out again, they should get back to a full game and put something on the line, like new home ice for first round of the playoffs on the winning side. Maybe that would get Ovi playing. Uh, he is sitting out. I believe each member of the winning team gets a million-dollar purse, don't they, Dave? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So so after a few years of this current format, we're sick of it, and we're going to go back to a full game. Uh, Please no. Please. Uh, you know what? To have Dylan Larkin come out, and I really thought he put his neck on the line and saying, don't vote for me in the last man in contest. By the way, Ryan Nugent Hopkins eligible from your Edmonton Oilers. You can head to their Twitter page or uh, edmontonoilers.com for the link to vote to that. But you've got guys literally saying, "I, I that million dollars to me, I will pay that in a fine. Yeah. For an extra day off. Yeah. Doesn't no. that indicate the schedule's too long? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. And, you know, the way they have scheduled the bye week, which is uh, like the Oilers have their bye week before the All-Star game, right. and some will have it after. Um, so I think that's just kind of a bone the NHL's trying to throw the players saying, we will give you adequate rest before or after, but please come to our game. I don't know how else you want to what format you want. I think this is the best format, even though it is losing its steam. I thought last year's All-Star game games was, you know, the worst of the three-on-three format. Yeah. But what else do you, what else you going to do? If you go back to a full game, it's going to, it's going to look terrible. Yeah. To me, the event is not the issue. The buy-in of the players participating is the issue. And you, if a million dollars is not enough incentive, would it be to a guy who's making 12 and a half already per season? Yeah. Plus endorsements? I don't know. Yeah. I'm probably going to get in trouble for even talking about that kind of thing, you know? But it, it just makes you wonder, right? Like, the, the content on the ice is going to be best. The content in any sport is best when the players really buy into it. That's why the playoffs are so incredible. So, yeah. uh, I think even baseball reverted away from having the home field advantage determined yep. by the All-Star. They don't do that anymore. It, right? And, yeah. and that was sort of the last thing where it's like, okay, this, this sort of makes some sense. But to the if you're going to have everybody represented, only one team is going to get home ice advantage. So that's one player out of 17 or whatever yeah. on your all-star roster. And I don't want to see home ice advantage determined in, the, in an all-star game for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So yeah. um, it is what it is. I mean, the Pro Bowl stinks. The The NBA All-Star Week is actually probably the most fun weekend out of all the all-star games. Um, the NHL skills competition, I wish they would just kind of stick to something instead of changing it all the time. Um, when it first came out, I loved the event, uh, and now it just seems a little, I don't know what the word, they, they, I guess they just keep changing it too much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you got to pick something, I guess. But um, 
you know, and the baseball all-star game will always be the best because it's best pitcher, best batter, and it's one-on-one, and you get some pretty spectacular plays. But anyway, the NHL all-star game is what it is, and for Dylan Larkin, I think, to come out and say, don't vote for me, I think it's a little disrespectful in some ways. Agreed. Alex Ovechkin skipping another all-star game, that's also a bit problematic. And I have to throw this uh, this comment in as well. You mentioned Tristan Jari uh, added to the All-Star roster for the Metro Division. Love that story, of course, because he was an Edmonton Oil King and, and played very well here and helped the team to a couple championships, including a, a Memorial Cup. How spectacular for him. And he's there's another classic case in point of a guy taking the time to develop in the minors, develop into a great goaltender, which, ironically enough, I thought had happened with Eric Comrie in Winnipeg's system, and there was just a couple of roadblocks. But now, watching him bounce around, uh, perhaps there's something that I'm not seeing there. But for Jari, absolutely an all-star nod. He might have played his, his way in to a job and Matt Murray uh, has injured himself out of one. Let's go to this uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers play the Hawks in Chicago. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Talk about a player, Dave, who took a long time in the minors to percolate. On this day in 2003, Fernando Pisani makes his NHL debut in a one nothing road win over Anaheim. He played 35 games in his rookie season, registering 13 points, but I mentioned this was 2003. He was drafted in the 8th round in 1996. <laughs> Seven years. That's a journey. Seven years. <laughs> I, I, I would be willing to bet that there's a lot of guys who don't stick with it that long, especially in a modern day and age, no. to try and get their shot. Very difficult thing to do, but Pisani, a legend around these parts, as I don't need to tell you or the listeners. <laughs> Former, uh, who did he play with in the AJHL? Was it, did he play for the St. Albert Saints? Trying to think, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I know he was in the, a- the coals for not knowing, but yeah, maybe. I know he was in the AJ. I know that for for a fact. But yeah, a guy that marinated in the minors, and of course, we know what he did in 2006 in the playoff run for the Oilers. He was a, he was amazing, scoring 14 goals. Certainly was. Uh, you can hear that full interview from our Legends of the Game series if you rifle back to uh, down the Oilers now podcast list to early August, I believe. That was this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Again, you can join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers play the Hawks in Chicago. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Going to quickly touch on this. I think we got about a minute, minute and a half left. Uh, music tells me the exact same thing. Uh, Craig Button released his top 50 NHL affiliated prospects. We had some people texting about this. No Oilers included on this list. I tend to disagree with that. I think Evan Bouchard, maybe not in the top 25, but to me, Evan Bouchard belongs on this list. He went on to rank the top five players from each Canadian team. Philip Broberg topped the Oilers list there. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. We got the producer there. What's going on? We got uh, our weekly visit with NHL and Rogers analyst Kelly Rudy, Scott Hartnell, former NHL player from uh, the NHL Network, and CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. CFL meetings going on this week in Blue Mountain, Ontario. Tune in from 6 to 8 p.m. for that. Tomorrow, Bob is back in the host chair. Well, he'll be doing it for Montreal anyway. We'll preview the game between the Oilers and Habs. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrun and then Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication solar. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye, Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Chad Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.